Welcome to episode five of Trivial Arguments. We'll, of course, do some trivia, but more importantly, I think for the first time, really, we'll get into some arguments. Um, I'm here with Peter, who you might not know, but if you do know, uh, Peter's one of my best friends, and he's also, um, yeah, so he's one of my best friends, and his wife is also one of my best friends, and he also gets the privilege of calling me his brother-in-law when I marry his sister in five months. Uh, we've drank beer in a bathtub together, not to be confused with spending time in a bathtub with him, which is Danny's thing. We sang Walking in Memphis together, and he told me I was the best natural athlete he's ever seen. So that's pretty cool, too. Um, so, Peter, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'll just say one of those things is not true. So you guys can decide. <laughs> you guys can decide which one that is. He's being modest. All of them are true. <laughs> what is also true is the, um, the Bulls and how terrible they are in the fourth quarter. Um, so let's pretty much just get into that because I'm tired of watching them lose games. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you, you mentioned to me that you wanted to talk about that earlier today. And uh, it's something that I've noticed for like the past few years. And I kind of always chalked up to bad coaching, just bad personnel in general. But I actually don't think it's necessarily a closing out games problem that the Bulls have. I think it's more when teams go on their runs the Bulls tend to let those runs drag on longer than a lot of other teams. So even in the, in the past few games that they've won, there's been like big, big runs late in games. And it's not, it's not that they're collapsing at the end of the game. It's just like an ongoing problem that I've seen for the past few years. And it hasn't really changed. Yeah. I mean, so they were winning against the, um, the Spurs. They were, they led by 23 and then they lost by seven. Uh, they played the Nuggets. They led by 14, lost by four. Um, we were together for, um, on Friday when Zach Levine had his 50 point game and he pretty much was the only scorer other than Vukovic. Um, and they, in the first, uh, or first and second quarter, I should say they were up by 13, 66, 53, and then they were completely outscored 67 to 42 in the third and fourth. Um, I mean, it's, I, I, it might also be a, a coaching issue. I mean, Boylan lost control of the Bulls for, God knows how long. Hoiberg couldn't control him. So, I mean, I think Billy Donovan is actually, like, doing his job, and it's the first coach in a while since maybe Thibodeau. But, I mean, both have 20 games left. 15 of them are against 500 teams or better. So, I mean, the fourth quarter is definitely going to be pretty important in the next, you know, three, four weeks or whatever. But, I mean, how do you feel about them actually, like, you know, I think right now they're the 10 seed. Uh, the Knicks are now 27 and 27 in the eight seed. Bulls are 10 seed, 22 and 30. Yeah, um, they, they have no shot of catching the Knicks. None. I mean, <laughs> if, if you look at their schedule, they got like, what, 20, 22 games, something like that left on, on their schedule. Uh, yeah, so they got I mean, 20 games left. and Five yeah. games back, four or five games back. It, you're, you you got to be winning 75, 80% of your games for the rest of the season. And <laughs> They got some good teams they're playing. There's, there's, they have no shot of making the AC. Yeah. So, I mean, they play, well, let's see, they play the Knicks. Um, let's see. And they play the Knicks once. Uh, they play the Celtics like them. twice. Yeah. They play the Hornets twice. They play the Bucks twice. Play the Nets, I think, two or three times. The Heat twice. Yeah. So, and, I mean, and that Nets, that Nets. And even if they win half Nets of those game, games, they're, they're still. <laughs> yeah. That's an anomaly. That's not going to happen again. Bad. Making the Nets. Oh, where the Nets had like all of their starters out. And... Yeah. And like, I know everyone, everyone's on this like 
whole well Kyrie on his own. I think what is he three and one or four and one now? Yeah, he also. I mean, he also thinks the Earth is flat. Exactly. So. Well, I just, I just <laughs> see this like, like it's, it's four games. You're, you're not, you're not making any, drawing any conclusions on four games on anyone. No. You know, I mean, if that was the case, people would still be saying Laurie Markkinen should be a starter <laughs> right now. I mean, he's been doing better off the bench. So I mean, until they finally get rid of him this off season, I think the bench is exactly where he should be. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like I said, I think the Bulls are. They're not a they're not a playoff team, but I think in the next two three years they might be, and even you know as soon as next year. So I guess that's really the silver lining to it all. I mean I don't really know it. Most people anticipated them making the playoffs this year, and I don't know if it's such a terrible thing if they don't. Looks like they for the first time in a while building towards something. So I'm not too upset if they don't make the playoffs this year. But uh, I don't think I'd be upset. Oh, wow, did you see that? We're also watching the the Hawks. So all four teams are are on if you're counting the stupid White Sox. So oh, the Hawks almost just gave up another shorthanded goal. Um I mean, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing if they don't make the playoffs if you actually see progress from now to the end of the year. And and to me, progress isn't Mooch and Levine building their chemistry because to me, I just think that's gonna happen no matter what. I don't I don't see that not happening over the next off season right um to me that's pat will maybe getting a little more assertive i mean what, what was it last night or two nights ago was the last game they had i think i saw he had like two or three shots it's like buddy you, you started every game i get he's 19 i get he's young yeah he's a starter you can't shoot the ball three times yeah i mean and, and they've been giving him a decent amount of run so i mean for him to shoot the ball two or three times is yeah. you know mm-hmm. pretty bad but, I mean, if you're counting that Levine game, nobody really shot the ball besides him and Vuk. So, I mean, Troy that that, that is an outlier. But, or, yeah. Not, not the 50-point not the game. Troy Bryan Jr. just came off the bench the other day, put up 15 points in, like, 20 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Um, I know Sadoransky in the 50-point game, he had zero mm-hmm. points in 33 minutes, but he also had 10 assists. Exactly. So. Yeah. And and that's the thing is, is it'd be one thing if, if Pat will – I don't mean to be ragging on him. I think he's a good player, and I think he shows a lot of – here it is right here. I'm sorry. Look at this. Pure luck. <laughs> um, I don't think he's a bad player. I think he has the potential to be a very good player. But – I mean, he's been I getting think, high praise from a lot of people, exactly. so I don't know why he's not just – When you're getting 25, 30 minutes a night, mm-hmm. you got to be – something's got to be on the, on the box score. You know, if it if it's not points, it's got to be rebounds. If it's not rebounds, it's got to be that you're showing up defensively. And and it just seems like more often than not, you get these four point games out of Pat Will. Yeah. Four points, two rebounds, one assist, and it's like, look, that that's just not good enough. You know, um, I mean, pe- people are talking about moving on from Laurie Markkinen because he's shown that he can't be a twenty and ten guy. Yeah. And it's like, so what? You're going to replace him <laughs> with the power forward with Pat Will? And you give him leeway because he's 19 years old. But at a certain point, you got to say, look, we're trying to win here. Yeah. You know, you could develop on your own time or you could develop off the bench. But <laughs> 25, 30 minutes a night, we need more than that. Yeah, I mean, especially if they're going to keep him, you know, keep him as a starter. I mean, the minutes have to amount to something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't play 30-something minutes and have two or three shots. I mean, I understand that, you know, 
Levine is their primary scorer, which is fine. I mean, that, that was always the case, but he can't, you know, have 50 points each game. He needs some type of, of help. So, I mean, it, it's just little things like that, that, you know, gets pretty frustrating. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like for that, there's a couple of games where Pat Williams looks amazing and he's stuffing Kawhi and they're calling him paw or claw or whatever the hell it is and mm-hmm. baby Kawhi. And then there's games where he disappears and it's like, okay, well, you know, they're, they're giving you all this run. Billy Donovan's giving you, you know, all this time to Im- improve in motion. And, you know, it just isn't really amounting to as much as they thought it would. But I mean, we were talking outside of the pot about, you know, if the Bulls don't make the playoffs and they get a high draft pick, you know, somewhere in the four or five range or whatever, I mean, would that be so terrible? I mean, I know everybody wants to, you know, have playoff basketball and playoff hockey and, you know, whatever else. But I mean, if, if that means that they make the playoffs and then get knocked out and it means nothing, then, you know, what was the point of that? I mean, to me, to me, when, when I think I I actually, most of the time agree with the whole idea that the playoff experience is worth something. So a lot, I, I don't know, a lot of Chicago fans, at least in our, in our group talk about how it's not good enough to be a middling team year after year, I kind of think it is if the guys who are getting the playoff experience, a need the playoff experience. So they're not guys who've been in a bunch of times and are proven losers in the playoffs or B are actually part of your future. So like when, when you look at this bulls team right now, um, I like what, what they put together at the trade deadline. I just don't see a lot of it as permanent. I mean, Tice's contract is up at the end of this year. Yeah. Um, so he could easily be gone. Aminu, his contract is through next year. Has he's he, not playing. Yeah, I was just about to say, I don't think he's played at all. Yeah, so it, uh, Laurie Markinen is still playing. Like, I understand you don't want to just stop playing him. But it, at least in my mind, Laurie Markinen's gone. And I think there's a good chance we get nothing for him. Everybody has, has, has high hopes of a sign and trade for Laurie Markinen. I just don't know why he would sign and trade. When you see somebody like like Bertans last year, what did he get? Yeah. 80 million? Right. I mean, why why would Lori Markinen settle for anything less than that? You know, Cristiano Felicio was making eight million dollars a year. <laughs> exactly. So I, I just like I, I think Bulls fans need to get it like like maybe start start thinking about it and go, you know what, there's a good chance Lori Markinen's walking at the end of this year and the Bulls are getting nothing for him. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. It's just if that's the case. What are we doing playing him 20, 25 minutes a night off the bench? What does it matter? Yeah. I mean, he's not going to be here next year. Aminu will. Let's well, think. I mean, point where you say, you know what, maybe, maybe we need Aminu in the, in the game. And plus, yeah. plus a lot of the problems a lot of people say are, are defensive problems with the Bulls. And Aminu is a defensive minded player. So, yeah. I mean, them giving Laria all these minutes that, you know, if at the end of the day, he's just going to, you know, fade into the sunset. I mean, then that makes no sense. But the sign and trade, I don't think, you know, maybe a couple of months ago it was possible. But I, mean, I think I, at this it, point, it he, he's just going to walk. I just, yeah. I mean, and then, and, and like the big sign and trade rumors that you're constantly reading about are, are a sign and trade with Lonzo. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I, I look at this Bulls team and everybody just centers in on this point guard position. We need a point guard. We need a point guard. It's like, look, at the end of the day, we have two all-stars that are going to be playing pick and roll with each other. That's Zach Levine and Vucevic. 
Yeah. What happens when you bring another point guard in here? I don't think we need some point guard who's going to be distributing the ball like that. I think I think a point guard kind of in the same mold as Sato is a guy who's going to play defense. He's not going to look for a shot first. He's going to be a good three-point shooter. And and yeah, Lonzo's a better three-point shooter than he was when he came into the league, but he's yeah. not he's not great. No, you know, and I in my mind, I'd be looking for a better small forward before I'd be looking for a new point guard if I were the Bulls, especially seeing yeah. Sato's. I believe Sato signed through the next year, is he not? I think so. Yeah. How um, long do they have Vuk for? I think he's got two years after this one. Oh. Okay. I mean, um, yeah, I just I I I never really understood that everybody's focus on on a point guard box score just by this long. Noise. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I get it, but I just I don't see why you want to be taking the ball out of Zach Levine's hands. Zach Levine's yep. proven that he's one of the best scorers in the league. I mean, since Vuk has come to the team, what I, I don't even know what he's averaging, but what does he put up? 13 assists, seven assists, six assists, six assists. Yeah. And and I know I know he's he's stacked some of those numbers already this year. But it just seems like it's so much easier for him to create. I mean, I think you have to put more people who are going to get Zach Levine the ball. Exactly, and you need shooters to spread the court, so it's so they're not clogging up the lane. And and look, I like Lonzo. I think he's a good perimeter defender. I think he could fit in a system with the Bulls. I just think if, yeah. if you're going down this road where you're going to have a center as a primary scorer and you're going to be playing pick and roll. I'd rather have Levine and Vuk playing that pick and roll and not Lonzo and Vuk and Levine sitting in the corner waiting for a three-point shot. Right. I mean, I don't even know who who in the like draft next year, like if the Bulls don't make the playoffs and they end up getting a high pick. Um, I don't even know who's available that would, you know, benefit them Small the most. Forwards? There yeah. are none. Yeah. So of all these big players, what do you got that? Moby, Evan Moby. Yeah. He's not, a, he's not a small forward. Uh, Jalen Suggs is a guard. Well, that's what Cade I mean. Cade Cunningham is a guard. And that's, that's, that's fine. I'm fine if they're not building through the draft for the next couple of years. That's, yeah, I mean, that's take, take, me. take the best player and, you know, yeah. walk. I mean. Mm-hmm. But I just, yeah, I mean, I just, when I, when I look at this lineup and I look at the holes that they have or the low, holes that they will have, to me, the small forward position is a much more glaring issue than the point guard position. Right. I mean, and, and then and then on top of that, it's like everyone's like, we need a true ball distributor. <laughs> the Bulls are averaging like 30 plus assists right now. Yeah. It's like, come on. <laughs> How much what, more what distributing of the ball? Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't get that argument at all. No. I mean, I, I can understand, you know, needing more than two shooters on the team mm-hmm. but i mean they move the ball enough which you get in three and d players they happen to most of the time be small forwards right and, that, and that's what i'm saying like i when i look at the holes all of the holes are in the forward position yeah i mean i thought you know i thought that they thought for a while that marketing was the answer and then he bulked up and everybody was like oh like marketing's big now like now we're unstoppable mm-hmm. and then he just like shit the bed and, yeah and, and nothing happened yeah and now that he's a bench player and he watched the back people down the past few games now all yeah. of a sudden he wants to post up smaller guys yeah all of a sudden he remembered that he's yeah. over six feet and he's like well wait a minute yeah. if, I, if i just stand straight up 
Yeah, even even when you watch him, I don't know if you notice this. When, when you watch him post guys up, and he, he backs off. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I don't mean for this to be the the hate on Laurie Markkinen <laughs> podcast. I, <laughs> I like Laurie Markkinen. He's just disappointed me for the past few yeah. years. And I'm kind of over. Yeah, it. I like him, but, but I like him somewhere else. <laughs> he looks he looks so out of place posting people up. Yeah, he, he, I mean, you, you see him. He posts up somebody who's like six five, six six. And he, it's almost like he's fading away from him. It's like, buddy, you're yeah. seven feet tall. <laughs> he, he always looks like he's playing defense, like a kid, just like the Tom Hanks from Big, where all of a sudden he's like a kid in a yeah. big person's body. And he's like, well, wait a minute. What if I like did this move and like swung my arms a little bit? He just yeah. always looks like he's mismatched and, be, against guys that are smaller than him. Exactly. I'd be curious to know at what point in his like amateur career, Laurie Markkinen put on all this height. Because I would bet, oh, like he, I would did, bet did he have late. to develop the skills to the height or the height to the skills? Well, I, I would bet it's late because it seems like yeah, like big men who've always been big kind no, of know, know how to throw their body around. Yeah, they know yeah. how to throw their body around, and he just seems like he shies away from it so so much. That I, yeah. I would bet it was late in his career that, or late late in his teens when he started putting on. Yeah, well, he was probably a little kid who had to develop three point shooting and whatever, mm-hmm. and then he got big and was like, oh, not, now I'm a big player. Mm-hmm. And then just never learned how to be a big player. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd buy it. That's the most logical explanation I have for why all of a sudden he, you know, he goes game to game and he's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm a tall player now or I'm a three-point shooter now. Or, I mean, he's just been too in, inconsistent for for him to be a part of the long-term plans. So, I mean, and like I said, they're going to need somebody who can actually like score and play defense. Defense has always been their, their their biggest issue, and they have, you know, the toughest teams coming up in the next couple of weeks. So yeah. it's, it's not like they really have time to adjust on the fly. It's, it, it's going to be uh, fairly rough. They'll probably get some lucky ones against teams. You know, they might beat the the Grizzlies today. I don't even know what they're what they're doing against the Grizzlies, but. They might beat the Grizzlies, and then all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, like the Bulls actually have it. And it's like, no, they had it for like a day, or mm-hmm. Memphis didn't have it, and that's why they're, you know, winning or whatever. So, I mean, it's just more inconsistency from mm-hmm. from a team that, you know, probably could benefit from some type of, like, identity. Yeah. But, I mean, I digress. The Bulls are just going to be the Bulls. And the Blackhawks are just going to be the Blackhawks. And at one point in time, they were in first place for like 24 hours. And then in points. Yeah. In in points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they already did. They not decide this year already that there were going to be some teams that weren't going to catch up in games or is that still. No, I I think they already said that, like, you know, if you're on the outside looking in, you're probably just going to be on the outside. All right. I mean, the the Hawks right now are fifth in the central, which the, the, the whole new division thing is just garbage mm-hmm. because they just stack the box against the Hawks. Again. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, the, the Hawks are the you know fifth best in the central. And it's like, no, it's in another division, they might be, mm-hmm. you know, in the top two or three. But you see that? They get... Connelly in his first game with the Hawks just put him up three, two. Oh, good. And yeah. I think that was from Stillman. I think that was a, I think that's a Stillman assist. So, so two new guys <laughs> scored. Yeah, still, and Stillman, I don't know if you caught the beginning of the game. He, 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 He's 100% the reason that first goal went in from or on the Hawks. Yeah. But he's looked real good since then. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bulls, the Hawks made a bunch of moves today that, I mean, you would know more than I would whether 
like those moves were beneficial or whatever you like every morning you wake up and read off the Blackhawks lines and then you go to work. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they made a, a couple moves today that, I mean, you can probably tell me whether it's a long-term move or just a fill the hole kind of move or yeah, whatever so, else. So in my opinion, from what I, so I, I've listened to, I think every, every interview that Stan Bowman's given to the media so far. At least it's been on major podcasts. Didn't he have one today? Since the offseason. So I didn't watch that. Oh. So I guess I guess I'm wrong <laughs> right away. But but all the all the ones if if you if you're searching podcasts and you look at some of the main ones and all the media tours he's been taking um, throughout the year, he's been pretty consistent since that letter came out talking about the rebuild that even if the Hawks become a team that's in the playoff hunt or a team that's in the Stanley cup hunt, yeah, he doesn't ever want to be that guy again. That's selling off their future for the now. Yeah. Um, so I actually think he did a pretty good job with that. I mean, we gave up, we, we paid the price over the past few years, but I think there were some, some big pickups we had throughout the years. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think it was also nice to have transparency where he's yeah. where it was just all these moves, and then it was dead silence, and he's actually like, no, like, yeah. you know, we know some of those moves weren't you know favorable or maybe moves that we necessarily wanted to make, but I mean, we're not just building for one season and then having to scrap everything the next and you know kind of figure it out. I mean, how many championship teams they win a championship and then they lose half their team because exactly you know they have money issues or whatever else exactly the, so i don't know for the i guess i guess my overall opinion on the moves today were just today was i i liked all the moves he made um well he grabbed a couple of like forward added, prospects and yeah they added they added some serious like like um depth to the prospects that we have so we we added a bunch of size. I don't know if you noticed that. Almost every player yeah. we picked up was six, six foot. foot yeah. Um, some of them aren't so big. I know that. Um, who's that right-handed center we picked up from Vancouver? Um, liner. Borgstrom? No, fourth liner. We, we just traded Highmore for him. Oh. Um, Adam. Um, yeah, who the hell was that? Um, sorry. No, they had a uh, – Borgstrom was their prospect center. Exactly. Yeah. Adam Gaudet. Gaudet. Yeah. Um, he's over six foot. He's only like 170 pounds. So when yeah. people say we added size, like, <laughs> yeah, we kind of added some size, but I guess it depends on how, how you're looking yeah. at it. Maybe um, Laurie Marketing's playing the wrong sport. Yeah. The, I, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we finally have a role for him. <laughs> you imagine him out he, there on skates. He doesn't have to move. He, they play in the same spot. <laughs> like 7-3 on skates. Yeah, just wake up one day and they <laughs> – isn't he from Finland? He's got to have skated at some point in his life. Yeah. It's probably how he got to school or home on a moose or whatever happens in Finland. But, yeah, they play in the same spot. So we just wake up one day and hand him a pair of skates and be like, you do this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I, I – <laughs> I tend to be an optimist when it comes to the Blackhawks future, but if I am going to be honest with you, I worry that their defensive prospect pool, not that it's not good or big enough, but that it's not good enough. Yeah. Um, That they have too many defensive prospects and none of them are going to work out. Look at the young players that played this year. Right. So Lucas Carlson, we've moved on from him. Yeah. Uh, Bofist, I actually think is taking some serious strides this year, but he's just one guy. 
Yeah. Uh, Mitchell came in, looked good, kind of faded off. I kind of don't think he's ready to be an NHL player right now. I, no, I mean, at this point, I, I don't even think I'd bring him up next year. No. I, I keep him in the AHL. Well, I think that they, def- they definitely rushed some guys probably to mm-hmm. see what they have and then, you know, exactly kind of figure it out from there. But I didn't think that they really needed to. Yeah. Bodan's yeah. a similar story. I, I think Bodan looked fantastic his first few games with the Hawks. Um, yeah. Kind of faded. And actually, uh, now in the AHL, I, th- I think he's – He's got like, I think he's got like 10 points in eight games or something like that with, with uh, the Ice Hogs. So Bodan is a guy, I actually think he can be a very good player, but I, I think he needs to spend some serious time in the AHL. And when you look at their defensive players that are NHL ready right now, a lot of them are older guys and you're either about to pay way too much money for them or they're about to get taken away from you in this expansion draft. Yeah. So I, I, I'm pretty sure Calvin DeHaan is going to be taken away in the expansion draft if they expose him. Right. Um, and if they I, I completely forgot him, about Seattle coming. Yeah. So if they don't expose him, that means they're going to be exposing Zadorov. Yeah. Which means you're losing Zadorov. And I don't even. Oh, here we go. I think they tried to look at that. Here, 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 offers on him today. Is. Of course, David Camp, zero goals. <laughs> I thought for um, sure they were going to trade his ass today, but yeah lucked his way into staying i i don't get i don't get the the fascination with david camp i just don't no i don't see it um yeah he's a great defensive player he's got zero goals and he's played i think he's played on the top line a little bit this year hasn't he Mm -hmm. it's like you you've played all up and down the lineup you've had dominic kubalik as a linemate you've had to bring it kane yeah and, and all these rookies with all this promise and zero goals it's like sorry bud you're yeah. good defensively. Uh, I don't want you on the team. Well, that's also my, my biggest issue is they have they have all these young guys, and then like you know they're supposed to be faster on defense or you know better on offense, and then just none of it translates yet. It's mm-hmm. like, and you have all these guys who are like, oh, like this guy's a great defenseman, and then like you said, he has zero goals and mm-hmm. doesn't even benefit him on defense. Yeah, and and back to what I was saying about Zadorov. So. Zadorov, I don't know if you've if you looked at anything with his contract talks. He's an RFA after the season. I think they have enough cap space to. Well, they do, but it's it's to me, it's not so much a matter of how much cap space you have. It's it's, I mean, he could be a huge contract that they're trying to get out from under well, in yeah. a year or two. I mean, I I think his qualifying offer is like close to three and a half million dollars, um, and they've offered him around there, and he's turned it down. And I, I'm betting he's looking in in the over 400 or over 4 million range. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I like Zadora, but that guy has some really, really bad plays. Really bad plays. Every time the puck gets on his stick, <laughs> you're you're just waiting for something to go wrong. And yeah. I think he's a great defensive defenseman, but he gives you absolutely nothing. And he actually hurts you a lot of time offensively. Yeah. Um well, puck control is also like an absolute disaster half the time. Exactly. And, and for over $4 million, I just, I, I'd be a little worried about taking on a contract like that. But as I was saying, I think a lot of these defensive prospects they have, I don't really know if they're NHL, right? So I think, I think the Hawks are in a weird position now where they're going to have to start testing guys that probably aren't ready. <laughs> either that, or you're going to have to go into the free agency and pick up some defensemen who are ready right now. Yeah. Um, 
which is I know I know we've talked about it a couple of times over the past couple of weeks. I I'd be going to Dougie Dougie Hamilton <laughs> with a blank check. <laughs> yeah. Look, buddy, um, just name your price and we'll pay it. Yeah. And there's also a chance that they build up all this capital with prospects or whatever, and then they end up having to use, you know, grab somebody from free agency or make this big money trade that they're going to have to get rid of two or three prospects each trade. And, exactly. you know, they, they stockpile them for essentially no reason because none of these guys are NHL ready for, you know, a couple more years. Yeah. But, I mean, I think they picked up second, second, third, fourth round picks. So, I mean, not that guys are necessarily made in the draft and that really proves anything, but. No, I mean, I, I, I will say this. So, I, I think Bowman drafts better than people give him credit for. Um, yeah. Because. If, I mean, I, I think he makes stupid trades, though, or at least, you know. In the past. How, how many times can you trade Brandon Sod? That's true. <laughs> That's true. I, I don't know. I, I kind of think in the past like three years or so, I've, I've liked the vast majority of his trades. I just think with, with Bowman, my, my big gripe with him is there's, there's a couple moves he's made in his time with the Blackhawks. That I, I just don't think I forget. Yeah. Um, the Seabrook contracts, one of them. Yeah. The side for Panarin <laughs> deal is one of them. I, mean, I think I think we've talked about it ad, ad nauseum. Is, is, that the fact that Panarin wanted to stay, I was like, they should have fired Bowman on the spot. Exactly. <laughs> the the Teravinen trade is is borderline fireball. The Tavo Teravinen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I mean, but in the past three years, I I've actually liked a lot of the moves he's made. Every everybody's down on Dylan Strom this year. I actually still like that trade a lot. Um, I think Dylan Strom, at his absolute floor is a very good top nine forward. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think Strom doesn't get enough credit just because he's, you know, surrounded by everybody else. Yeah, he, I mean, he's just, I don't know. His his big problem is he's just slow. That's 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 what I see it as. Yeah. He's slow and he's playing in a system where, and, and with a lot of guys who win. Well, most of the guys are slow. Play. Yeah. That, that was always their, their biggest issue. Was that they have all these like young guys and whatever else, but I mean they're not fast, and the Hawks are getting beat on, you know, power plays and whatever else because they can't keep up. Mm-hmm. And Duncan Keith, at some point, I'm assuming maybe he'll just fade into the ice or find something to do. But I mean that old man is out there, and he he probably gives up more points than people actually even know. But I mean. Hawks are 19, 18, and five. That's 43 points. They have one of the toughest schedules in in hockey towards the back end. I mean, let's see here. I have it written down how disastrous their schedule is. They still have the Canes. Yeah. So they get Detroit twice, which is nice, but then they get the Predators, who are currently the four seed. They get them three times. Then they get Tampa, who's the three seed. Then they get Florida, who's the one. They get Florida twice. Then they get Carolina three times in a row and then they get Dallas seven times or it's not seven times twice, but they're the seven. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Hawks essentially need to win 90% of those games against teams that they absolutely need to beat. And that's just not going to happen. And I mean, again, that's just like the bulls. That's fine. If you're building towards something, mm-hmm. you know, then you can afford to, to lose. Yeah. But well, the Hawks have a lot more clear picture, I think. Yeah, at least as far as the forwards are concerned, on their path to becoming a better team. 
the bulls i think it's a little more um, up in the air because you, you really don't know if Kobe White's part of the long-term plans, you know Laurie Markkinen is not Yeah. at this point. Tice could be gone. I mean, Thad Young is, what is he, 35? Uh, yeah, I think he's in his 30s. I mean, Yeah, so I think it's a little less clear with the Bulls. With, with the Hawks, as far as their forwards are concerned, I mean, you kind of know what they've got. Suter, you would think they're, they want to be part of their long-term plans. Kershev, the same thing. Hankel, the same thing. Yeah. You've got Reichel, not on on the door Reichel I think I I think he's I think he's playing a top line center role actually Thadjik Johnson Thaddeus Young is 32 32 yeah I mean that, that that was one of the most surprising moves that they got that they got you know Thaddeus Young and it was like oh, one of those like you know mid-range players where when he's good he's good when he's bad you know I guess he's he kind of plays an old man's game though yeah which could be good for, for a guy who's going to be aging, maybe he won't lose. Yeah. I mean, how many of the young guys haven't performed? So mm-hmm. throwing a 32-year-old, you know, power forward or whatever out there. Yeah, but his, his game, it's not like he's beating guys with athleticism or speed or no. anything like that. I mean, Kobe White this year is really like, I don't want to say let me down, but I mean, he, he was so high and everybody was high on him, you know, last year and – but, I mean, some of these guys just have good seasons and then Chicago builds them up and they build a statue for them and then <laughs> nothing ever happens. I mean, how many players are going to go down in, you know, Chicago sports history that had one good season? I mean, <laughs> how many guys, like, are immortalized overnight and then, you know, they sign contracts based on nostalgia? I mean, we were talking outside of this, you know, we were watching the Cubs. And they hit Chris Bryant hit a home run. And we were talking, oh God, or I think the Cubs are probably going to pull the trigger and they're going to sign this man for, you know, eight years and billion dollars. And then he's going to fade into obscurity again. Plus, uh, I, I, I don't want to want to get too far off topic, but with the Cubs, I just hope whoever gets the contracts. Good luck. <laughs> well, I just, I just hope they don't, they don't. They do right by Rizzo, whatever, whatever that is. If they're not going to give him a contract, yeah. I hope I hope he's in the nose if they're not going to be giving him a contract the whole time. Yeah. Because Rizzo deserves more than that. Yeah. I could just see them sign away all their all their extra money to someone like Chris Bryan or Javi Baez and just never coming back to Rizzo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just well, just, just expecting Rizzo to like oh like like he's cool like he'll take a hometown discount or whatever mm-hmm. i mean they offered him 5 years 70 million or whatever and he was like yeah no what does he want he wants like he wants he wants 100 yeah. yeah which is about 20 million dollars a year if it's 5 years and i mean i don't think that's outrageous as a first baseman i mean how many like fernando tatis just got 320 million dollars and he's he's injured they they don't have any first base prospects anyways do they no I don't think they have anybody at first base. So not only to, to lose Rizzo just in general is bad, mm-hmm. but then to lose Rizzo and not have anybody in the system who can who plays first base. I mean, the other day they had Amaya playing first base, but he's a catcher. Plus so, Amaya, has he even played in AAA yet? I don't think he has. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you have guys playing out of position in order to compensate if, if Rizzo leaves. I mean, who's your full-time first baseman? Bodie? 
Mm-hmm. They put Ian Happ at first base, and then what? I mean, they, they don't have any options past Anthony Rizzo. I mean, this year, if Anthony Rizzo gets hurt, then what? The team has no depth. So, I mean, I think you should just pay him. At, at this point, even if he bats 200 this season, I'd probably still give him a billion dollars just to just because they have no other choice. And he's the only person that isn't, you know, well, he's been fairly consistent for the last, you know, X amount of years. Did you, did you notice, so, is, did he open up a bar? In Rizzo's? Is that his place? I don't think so. Right. I was thinking about that the other day. I was walking by and I was like, yeah. I don't know if this is his, but. Hey, imagine I mean, that, opening up a bar and then. And then they go, bye-bye. Yeah, then, then <laughs> See you later. We're, we're changing the name to, to Bryant's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think realistically the Cubs probably have four guys that they need to give money to, and I've gone back and forth who that second one was. The first one is Rizzo, and it's always been Rizzo, and I've fluctuated between is it Contreras, is it Baez, is it Bryant? I think I've already mentally committed to it's not Bryant, and that's fine. I thought he was going to be gone before now. So mm-hmm. to, to lose him, I've already mentally committed to him not being there. But I mean, Baez is swinging at baseballs that are in different ballparks. So I think you pay Rizzo and you pay Contreras and then figure out the other, you know, seven positions behind them or whatever. I mean, at that point, I, I, I would probably go with a, just a pitcher, Contreras and Rizzo, and then just have everybody else just not even be there and <laughs> just kind of see what happens. I mean, everybody talks about how great Baez is at defense, but nobody realizes that Baez is only making those plays because Rizzo's on the other end of that ball. Yeah, and he's digging it out or he's doing the splits and everybody's like, oh, look at that perfect throw by Javi. And I was like, did you not see the man like kill himself to try to catch that ball? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, all Chicago sports are just giant letdowns for, for the most part. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, the last time one of these stupid teams besides the Cubs in 2016 weren't a letdown were the uh, 2015 Blackhawks. I have a couple, I don't know if, before I give you any of these trivia questions, there's anything on the wall that'll give away some of these answers now. All right. Well, I'm, I'm just going to, um, I didn't tell you this. This is going to be rough. I, the, so the 2015 Blackhawks, <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was going to give you 2015 because I was like 10 is two uh, was 11 years ago. <laughs> 13 was probably eight, eight years ago. So, so I don't know if you remember where I was in 2015, summer of 2015, but I actually saw zero oh, yeah. games of the entire playoffs. <laughs> so Peter um, was at Fat Camp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just remembering yeah. that now. <laughs> yeah. So this, this is going to be rough. <laughs> oh, man. Actually, I didn't see one game in the playoffs that year. Um, you only watch clips if that (laughs) no not even that so i um well yeah so when i finally got back i watched some youtube videos yeah all the goals and stuff like that but i mean it's not the same (laughs) you know (laughs) all the ups and downs of the series i have no idea how they were yeah um yeah so so i've I've already set you up to fail (laughs) i should have looked at the the date when it was like june 15 2015 when they won i was like oh yeah I remember where I was. <laughs> I got a letter in the mail with the Chicago Tribune in it after they won the Stanley Cup, and that's about <laughs> that's about the extent of um, of, uh, 
everything do, I do. You have do surface that. level vague knowledge of well, yeah, just because <laughs> I, I was watching Hawks all before, this. yeah. Well, I mean, most of the time I, I tell people we're going to, you know, you can play for a t-shirt or whatever, but spoiler alert, the teacher, the t-shirt was guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are playing just uh, strictly for fun. All right. But uh, for, for the next person on the podcast, which, which is either Casey or Danny, you guys will have to earn your t-shirt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's go with, which should be an easy one. Hawks won the Stanley Cup in 2015, which was their third in five years. Who did they beat? In the Stanley Cup. Tampa Bay. I do know that. Tampa Bay Lightning. Correct. Um, so they beat the Lightning, but what uh, what three teams did they beat en route to Lord Stanley? They beat the Predators. The Predators. And they beat the Wild. Mm-hmm. And then they beat the Ducks in seven games. They beat the Mighty Ducks in seven. Ooh, you're even throwing, uh, throwing other knowledge. I do know that. <laughs> Like, I, know, I know, like, like very surface level. Yeah. Yeah. So I will tell you that you already said this person's name, uh-huh. if that helps you at all. Two players, specifically Wings, had four points in the Stanley Cup Finals. Ooh. Who are these two players? And I said their names? You said one of them. Well, I'm assuming one of them is Patrick Kane. Um, I can't tell you. So who... Would have had Brandon Saad was on that team. Um, Saad was on that team, I believe. Bosa was on that team. Until, wings or centers uh, or wings? Until Marion Hosa got allergic to his jersey. Yeah. When when you say wings, you mean like like just I mean wings, like no centers, yeah, right? like left wing, right wing. All right. Um, was, I, I'm going to go with Kane and Bickle. Kane and Bickle. Was it really? No. Oh my god! It was Marion Hosa and Tavo. Was it really? Yeah. I thought he never really blossomed with the Hawks, though. No. Did he? Did he? Well, that's why I put it down because I was like, "No shit, Tavo had four points." Yeah, he never really solidified himself as anything. I think he played on the third line the whole time he was with the Hawks, didn't he? Yeah. I'm sure they like experimented with him here and there. Up higher in the lineup, but I think he's yeah. pretty much a third line guy the entire time. He was with I think if you had a picture of Tavo and a picture of Jalmerson, and you said which one was which, I don't know if I could. I would bet my life that, oh, I, could, that I couldn't get it right. <laughs> Jalmerson, I, mean, I, was, I saw outside of Starbucks by was that by her, Wrigley. That's her last year with Jalmerson, right? Uh, did they? Did he play maybe. in 2016? I don't think he did. No, that might have been his yeah, last think, season too. I think that was his last he was wearing season. a fedora, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, no, you can go." <laughs> yeah. And I once held the door open at a what was it? It was a Noodles and Company, Brent Seabrook. It was raining, and I held the door open for him. He said, "Thanks, man. I should have tripped him. him no? I should have tripped him, and he would have broke his hip earlier." Do you recognize him or no? I, yeah, I recognize him. He was yeah. he was holding his like daughter in his hand or whatever. Yeah. But he's like, "Thanks, man," and I was like, "Oh, uh, I'm not so, all, all my friends, me and Brent Seabrook are friends." Yeah. Obviously. So. <laughs> So for everyone listening, um, Seabrook's kind of an easy guy to pick out, but Lenny yeah. is like the king of seeing very obscure athletes <laughs> wandering around Chicago yeah. and knowing exactly who they are for some reason. I, I, I saw. Like, I feel like every other week you're giving me another story about some like. Obscure, I don't want to be insulting, yeah. but but guys who you wouldn't you wouldn't be picking them out of a crowd. No, 
and you're calling out who they are. I saw Ted Lilly outside of a Pop Ellie's. <laughs> I saw uh, Steven Souza Jr. before he signed with the Cubs, and I tweeted at oh, yeah, what's his face? That. Was that Ken Rosenthal or whatever? The MLB, like, he breaks all, like, the breaking news. And I was like, just so you know, I saw Steve Souza outside of Wrigley. So if he signs, just know that I broke it first. And I tweeted at him. And then guess what? He signed. And I tweeted at Ken. And I said, hey, like, are you going to give me credit? And then and then nothing. He gave me he gave me zero credit. Is that Kubalik to Kalanuk? Or who is that? And as we're doc, doc pooping the- on the Blackhawks, they just won in overtime against Columbus. <laughs> I couldn't see what number that was. Doc to someone with a left-handed shot. Maybe killing up. Oh, Dami came out just, just to walk back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Check to see if the game was still playing. And then <laughs> oh, Brandon, oh, was Hagel. Brandon Hagel. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. But no, so I didn't see Tavo, but I saw Jalmerson in a fedora. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. That's what I am. One one for two or two for three? You are you are two for three. All right. Two for three. That's not so bad. Um, which player did Lenny see outside? No. <laughs> <laughs> Who was in goal for game six of the Stanley Cup finals for the Blackhawks? So who won it? Well, who was in goal for, game, for game six? And Crawford were the two goalies. I'm going to go with Crawford. It was, in fact, Crawford. Yeah. And you just answered my other question. Now, of those six games, how many was Corey Crawford, the netminder? In the finals? Yeah. I'm going to go with all six. It was all six. Yeah. If, if, I, had, if I had a bet, like I said, I didn't see any of them. But you're not yeah. – You're not. by the time you get to the Stanley Cup finals, you're riding a time with – Right. With one goalie. And you've already a- answered this, but name one of the backup goalies in 2015. In 2015. All right, Darling. Scott Darling. And Auntie Ranta was also on the roster. Was he? I completely forgot that that man existed Darling, in a Blackhawks jersey. What does he hold? I think he holds the all-time save percentage record for the Blackhawks. If he does, that, that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I think he does. <laughs> and, and he's like, and he's playing in the AHL this year. Yeah. Like behind like three rookie goalies. <laughs> Is Scott Darling the one that they traded to? Was that he was, Carolina? He was. I, I don't remember where they traded him to. He was from the Chicago land area. Yeah. And he had. I th- there's some story. He, I think he had some kind of personal problems before he made it to the NHL. Yeah. Kind of like turned his life around. So it's kind of a nice story when he came into the into the NHL. Yeah. And then was just on fire. Um, I wish I met Scott Darling yeah. outside of a random uh, pizza joint or something. Yeah. That would have been a, a good story. So game six of the Stanley Cup Finals, the Hawks won two to nothing. Who were those two goals from? Oh, man. I will tell you, they're also current Blackhawks. <laughs> so if you're current Blackhawks, Keith won the MVP, right? So I, I believe so. Keith. Keith was one of them. I'm going to say Keith and Kane. We got to go with those two. Duncan Keith and Patrick Kane were the one-two punch. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So how many times were the Blackhawks shut out in the entire playoffs? Were they, shut oh, out. No, how many times were they shut out in the entire playoffs? Meaning they scored zero goals in a game. They swept the wild. I know that. They swept the wild four, yeah, four games to nothing. Uh-huh. You've already said that they were 4-3 against um, the Ducks. The Ducks. I'm going to say none of those were shutouts. I don't know that. 
How many times were the Hawks shut out in the entire so playoffs? Yeah, probably against Nashville. It's either zero or one. I'll say one just because I don't know why else that would be a question. <laughs> How many times were the Hawks shut out in the entire playoffs? Zero. Was it zero? <laughs> <laughs> they also had only three games with one goal. The rest were two or more. All right. <laughs> you talked yourself out of it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm just thinking like, oh, it's it's stupid if it's zero. I just feel like even when the Hawks were beating Nashville, Nashville like had the Hawks number always. (laughs) Nashville just always had the Hawks number. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, that was Nashville. Yeah, it was four and two. So So six games. How many games they lose to Nashville? You know they had their loss. Yeah. So they were four and two against the Preds, four and zero against the Wild, four and three against the Ducks, four and two against Tampa. Mm -hmm. I can't believe the Wild were like that bad. But no, they weren't. That's so that's why I know that actually. <laughs> that's why I I always feel so bad for the wild because they were actually a pretty good team for <laughs> the whole run that the Hawks had as yeah. like the, the best team in the NHL. And for whatever reason, they would always hit the Hawks in the playoffs. And, <laughs> I mean, they couldn't win to save their lives. Just a little little brother syndrome where right. it's like, oh no, exactly. dad's home. <laughs> yeah. I like honestly, if, if the Hawks don't make the playoffs this year, I might be rude for the wild. I mean, yeah. I, I don't have anything against Minnesota, but I just remember they would show up and then all of a sudden they'd like run into a brick wall. <laughs> yeah. I just feel bad. So I I've, I've actually met I don't know, maybe maybe five five to seven like wild fans from Minnesota in my life. And they just always seem like, like they're actual fans. Yeah. You know, the land of 10,000 lakes. Maybe, maybe it's such a nice thing because like you're in Chicago and I'm not going to complain about being from Chicago, but yeah, bandwagon fans are in every sport, just everywhere. I mean, well, I mean, how how many people after the Hawks won the Stanley Cup, you know, any of those three years where all of a sudden everybody's like, I watch hockey now. And it's like, no, you don't. You watched hockey for like two weeks in June. Mm -hmm. And then then that was it. I was in actually, I was in San Antonio um, when the Cubs were making their run for the World Series. And the amount of Cubs fans that you see in San Antonio with all brand new Cubs attire. With the stickers like, still on? Yeah, when you're watching at the bar, <laughs> it's like, oh, gosh. <laughs> and, then, and then they're trying to talk to me about it. It's like, look, it's fine if you want to root for the Cubs, but I'm trying to sit here and watch the game. I, right. I don't want to talk yeah. to you right Don't now. try to pretend yeah. like like we have something in common exactly. when you just started this like mm-hmm. two days ago. Yeah. Like I say, when you went to fat camp, I got a girlfriend. I, the Cubs won the World Series. It was like, I think I like yeah, having you not around. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. The, the Hawks, as previously stated, were no slouch on offense in the playoffs. The Hawks scored more or less than 65 goals in that entire, like, playoffs. Like, against the Preds, against everybody. They scored more or less than 65 goals. I have no idea. <laughs> Let me see. I hope I'm right, because I, I did the math on my own. <laughs> so. Or did you say they were 4-2 and two against... Against the Preds. The Preds. So that's 6. And... 17. So it was 19 games. 20. No, 23 games. Four and two in the in the so that's Cup six finals, and then and the four. That's round. 10. So that's six and six is 12. Four is 16. And seven is 23. Okay. So 23. So 23. Was it like three? Just over three goals a game. Yeah. I'll say yeah. Over. You're saying over 65? Yeah. I mean, 
if you want to, you know, be that guy who like does the math and goes, oh, 23 times three is 69. Yeah. <laughs> That's the exact amount of goals. They had. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, correct. Yeah. So they had a few games where they had five goals. And like I said, they only had three games where they had one goal. So a couple games where they had four and yeah. What a smart ass. You know what? <laughs> this will be Peter's last podcast. <laughs> so let's see. Um, how many times were the Blackhawks on the brink of elimination against blank team? So how many times were they on the brink of elimination and what was that team? Well, what had it been Anaheim? Correct. Because they won all the other ones. They were never in an elimination game for the other ones. Um, Correct. I think Anaheim had they had home ice in that series, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to bet it was two games against Anaheim. Down three to two, and then they won the next two. Is that, is that how it went? Um, I believe so. Yeah, it's two. All right. All right. I did the math on it. <laughs> if you carry the one, it's, uh, it's three, th- three goals per 23 games. It's 69 goals. <laughs> Whatever. This whole thing is horseshit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you get a t-shirt. How'd I do? Two wrong? I think I got two wrong. Um, yeah, so you got the Tavo and Hosa one wrong. And then you got, let's see. How's he doing this year? Tavo? Yeah, is he having a good year? I didn't even, I didn't even know he was still playing. Isn't he like 100? <laughs> no. I don't even think he's 30. <laughs> Here, look at this. Oh, 20, 26 years old. He's 26 right now? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> He was a young guy when yeah. he was it just seems was, like it was like a thousand years ago that was, like he was like he had to have been 19 when they won then. You know, you know how there's always Six, like, seven years ago, yeah. like the Stan Bowman hype train about every prospect. <laughs> yeah. Like, like in the past couple of days, like you hear him talking, like what what was that trade we just had with um with Florida in uh oh they got um York Strand, yeah, the guy's name. Yeah. Bjorkstrom. 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 So I never heard of the guy. Like, but I, I'm looking him up. He looks like he's he's big. He's a center. He's got a good face-off percentage. Yeah. Um, he's had some injuries, so I guess that, that could be an excuse. But he doesn't look like he's someone who's going to be making the first or second line. Yeah. Even on the Blackhawks, right? And Bowman. Bowman's on this like hype train with him talking about how I, I think he said something along the lines of like he was one of the best college players I've ever seen. And it's like, come on, dude. And I, I think was Borgstrom the one out of Notre Dame? No. He was he played with Ian Mitchell in Denver. Oh yeah. And um no, everyone's from Notre Dame. So it seems yeah. that way. I'm, I'm pretty sure one of these guys is yeah, Notre so Dame. One of the guys plays with that Landon Slagger. The, yeah. The, the that's either, either Ryder, Rolston, or. That's, that's him. Oh, that's nailed him. it. First guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Bowman just loves Notre Dame guys. But I, I think Tavo was like one of the first guys that I remember that was like Bowman was all, all about <laughs> Tavo. Tavo. Like, like he was going to be the one leading the charge of the next generation Hawks. Um, so I think they brought him up because I don't know if you notice this. It, it always seems like, like 
like born Portland in Heights, born in 1990 and then all of a sudden they're <laughs> up in the nhl like way too early yeah right so it's like his move like oh like let me like yeah. we just got this young kid now let's see what he's worth and it's like no you don't have to like bring him up that fast exactly uh, yeah, he's so already up. He's, he's 26 and he's been in the league for three six eight years so yeah. at 18 or 19 he's coming up yeah i mean that's, that's what i'm saying so, and, and he was a little guy i think if i remember correctly Right. Yeah. I mean, it just always seems to go that way. Um, Bowman gets on this year has him at 5'11, 178 pounds. Not a big guy. No. Um, Or 81 kilograms, if that's how you measure. It's one thing if if you're that little and you're like a Jack Hughes who who can skate his way out of anything or or puck handle his way out of anything um, and actually hang with the bigger guys. But I just feel like, unless you're like those elite, elite level talent guys yeah which i think terabine is a very good player but he's he's not that guy his nickname was turbo was turbo terabine yeah. <laughs> yeah turbo man <laughs> um yeah they, so they traded him oh like was, a, a, a year cap, after they won the 2015 yeah, stanley cup he was a cap yeah traded to the hurricanes in exchange for mm-hmm. oh let's see yeah, he was traded to the hurricanes along with bickle in exchange for New York Rangers 2016 second round draft pick, yeah, acquired in the Eric Stahl trade. Yeah, he, they were remember they were trying to dump Bickle's contract, and I yeah. think he was part of that deal. Typical. Mm-hmm. I mean, just one of the young guys that mm-hmm. they were like, "Oh, he's probably going to be good. Let's give him to somebody else." I mean, I don't know how he's doing this year, but there it says right here: thirteen games played, nine points. Was he hurt? He must be. Yeah, 13 games, nine points. I mean, yeah, he's a good player. But I mean, he's yeah. on the Canes. The Canes, everybody's a good player. On the team. Yeah, it's hard to be a bad player on the <laughs> Carolina Hurricanes. But uh, yeah, let's see here. Free t shirt. Oh, man, I'm always on my money on this podcast. <laughs> my dad's like, are, are you doing long sleeves? And I was like, uh, yeah. And he's like, what if I don't want to wear a long sleeve? He's like, get your own t shirt then. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. He's like, well, I already won like five T-shirts. How He's like, do... can't you make one of them a short sleeve? Yeah, I need to. I need to confess. I didn't make my way through the entirety of the second podcast with you. How how do you do? Oh, on... his one. How do you his, do? His on... uh, was oh it the my gosh. the 2016 uh, World Series trivia? Or no, the second episode was Rizzo. Yeah. So he was doing fine. I I, I told him in advance that you know we were going to be doing Rizzo trivia, and then he like had a cheat sheet on him and was like rattling off all the stats for him. Mm-hmm. And then I knew that he, like, I could tell what, like, Wikipedia page, like, column he was reading from for his cheat sheet. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try to trick him. And I was like, uh, we, we know that Anthony Rizzo got married. And he was like, Emily. And I was like, okay, his wife's name is Emily. What's his dog's name? And he's like, why the hell would anybody know what the damn dog's name is? <laughs> and I was like, are you trying to get a t-shirt or are you just uh, sitting here screwing around? You didn't give him two, did you? Two t-shirts? Yeah. No. <laughs> I haven't printed the t-shirts yet, <laughs> but he's already complaining that, oh, it's long sleeve and summer's coming up. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to tell you. Cut off the sleeves and go mow the lawn. I don't know you what you do all day. Chicago, yeah. Like swimming weather is when it's 40. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can either keep the sleeves, cut them off. Doesn't matter to me. I like long sleeve shirts. So. Well, there you go. Another fan satisfied. <laughs> um, so that was episode five. Um, you can go listen to the other four that's math yeah my dad's on two of them 
I had Matt Broach on the other one. I had James Moore on the last one. And then uh, Peter, all of which were groomsmen or going to be groomsmen at my wedding if uh, I still marry Peter's sister, which is always, you know, <laughs> which is always you on and off the time. table. <laughs> you still have some time. That'll be a different podcast where you talk me out of it. <laughs> I love you, Lizzie. Don't don't listen to this one. Uh, so I'm Lenny. He's Peter. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys later. Yeah, thanks for having me, Lenny.